1: Welcome to Amtower Off-Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with uh, with two people who play in the IC arena, uh, Shana Cosgrove of NYLA and uh, Larry Lietow of Enterprise Partners. And we're going to start with uh, with Shana because she hasn't been here before. <laughs> Shana, tell people who you are, what you do, please.
0: Hi, I'm Shana Cosgrove. I am the founder, founder, And CEO of Nyla Technology Solutions. We are a Baltimore-based firm specializing in uh, services for the IC community and Department of Defense. We specialize in software engineering, full stack. Uh, I like to say we build prototypes that actually work in enterprise operations. So a lot of our competitors focus on prototype development. We actually make sure it works uh, in full-scale enterprise operations. Uh, we also specialize in data science, so we work really well with large amounts of data. A lot of our software products are processing large amounts of data and doing the visualization. And um, we also do cybersecurity, really related to the <laughs> architecture and development of the cybersecurity architecture. Cool. And we are woman-owned and HUBZone okay. as well.
1: And and your background uh, to get to this point, i.e., why did you start NILA?
0: Um, well, I uh, studied computer science at the University of Virginia, and then I was recruited to uh, – almost every job you're recruited at U- UVA was a government contracting-related uh, job. So I took the one that I thought was the coolest in Alexandria, Virginia, and at some point in my career, I thought um, if he can do it, I can do it. I just like looked out, and I thought there's some paperwork, and I'll get through it, and I can create a firm that is – really valuable for the employees, and does a better job uh, really satisfying the mission. So I just had this passion of um, thinking I could do it better.
1: Uh, The valuable for employees is a theme we will come back (laughs) to. Larry, tell people who you are and what you do, please.
2: Yeah, I'm the uh, operating partner for Enterprise Partners. We're a private equity firm that actually invests in IC companies. I also play another role as Executive Vice President of Meridian, which is a health IT company, and we do a lot of work with uh, artificial intelligence, RPA, and just working with uh, the uh, health agencies.
1: Okay, so con- considering where you and I both live, that's probably a uh, Baltimore-based work. RPA. Yeah, thank God, yeah.
2: the uh, and especially with traffic around the area. But no, <laughs> actually, I sadly I have to go into DC occasionally.
1: Uh, well, it happens. Uh, we're we're almost there right now. <laughs> right. Um, so let let's start with with this concept. Um, I don't do anything in the i c but because I have some visibility in the market, I get questions all the time. I have the neatest thing that n s a needs or or you know socom needs or uh and I'm going mm, probably not, but um i you know so I met a lot of people through Maryland marketing meetings. I met some interesting people at a few other events that will <laughs> at present go nameless um mm-hmm. But um, breaking into the IC, I mean, Nyla, uh, Nyla, yes, yeah, Shana, you were already there. Yes. Uh, uh, but starting a company and winning business is different than being an employee for somebody else.
0: Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. So how'd you do it? I um, well, I worked at the NRO for a long time. I worked at the NRO for five years, and then I moved to a small business uh, that specialized in Army SIGINT. Um, so they had DoD, and they had some IC work up at up at Maryland. And uh, then I moved from that to an even smaller, teeny tiny baby company um, up at the fort. And um, <laughs> I asked. I had a lot of lunches with people. I really went out and I said, I want to be like you. Um, so there was a big company at the NRO called Bit Systems that I really admired. And I asked him, um, How do you do it? Where do you start? You know, how, how do you get your starting point? And same with the other small business that I started with. Um, so, I, you know, I, I was lucky sort of to start from the inside for the IC versus uh, coming in. But I think you always have to start by really knowing your customer. So even if you want to get into the IC, you have to take a look at which customer you want to penetrate first and really understand their buying habits and behaviors and differences because it is so different per agency, like wildly day and night different per agency. So you really mm. need to not just even – had this broad brush of the IC, you really need to start with a a specific target and really focus hard on breaking into that target. Um, Mm. Because they, like, if you just even compare NSA versus CIA versus Cyber Command, they all have very different buying patterns, styles, and methods of engagements, not to mention um, groups.
1: Yeah, and they're not going to share contractual vehicles as a rule.
0: In general, yeah. Yeah.
1: So Larry, you and I met, and you were already uh, deeply involved in the IC. You'd been doing it for a while. So
2: yeah. How you did
1: how how did you get attracted to that end of the business? Well,
2: we we were sort of lucky. Uh, first of all, IC itself, in, you know, is a very close knit community, and trust is is clearly everything. So, if you're not trusted, you're not getting in. So, I, I, everything that Shana said is is spot on, but. You know, we had a technology. We were doing a service that they wanted. Uh, So they approached. We basically got approached and said, hey, we'll give you the clearances to get in if you would help, you know, you do some of this work here. And and so we really uh, sort of got lucky. But just that was great for that little piece of business. But you have to build relationships. And for me, I, I was able to, you know, get a champion. One of my friends, uh, Scott Dudash, he was he, he, I mean, he basically took me under his wing and, and introduced me to a ton of people a long time ago, and I was able to develop relationships. but you, you have to have somebody you know Shana said, you do a lot of research, you want to know the the customer, but you, you really have to start building a, a, a slew of champions that will help you get on teams, and you know and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll go into all that process as
1: well. Well, that, the, the relationship aspect, you know, in, in the beginning of both my books on, on the government market, uh, best practices uh, uh, 16 years ago, uh, this market is all about relationships. You don't get anywhere without them. But the, the deeper you get into the government, uh, particularly into the IC, it's more like relationships on steroids. You will go absolutely nowhere without the right relationships if you're trying to get into the IC. Is that accurate?
0: I think so. Um, I I viewed it as a a different way, of like someone finally giving me a shot. Uh, So I was very well-known and very well-liked on a specific uh, set of projects within the government, and um, I went to all of the primes related to that effort, and the contract was flipping, so they – you know, one said, like, I don't know you, but if you give me cloud developers at a cheap rate, I'll give you a shot, which was like, no, thank you. And uh, the other one said, oh, you got to wait. You got to wait. You got to wait. And I went to um, someone I actually knew from the women's restroom at, my, <laughs> at the old skiff. And I she happened to be at a growing company. And I said, hey, can I just – meet you and get some advice. And she's like, I'll give you a shot. And, you know, you're pretty good at metrics. So why don't you go work on this project for me? Because I I need this to be improved. And so um, that was how I got my first uh, foot in the door. But a lot of it is um,
1: a
2: restroom relationship. I know. I doesn't, I doesn't work in the men's room. I, I can tell you. I've, I've been we, there a
0: lot of times. We don't talk. Yeah. yeah, we chitty chat. Well, I mean, it's so rare to see other women in the yeah. in the restroom. Like, you know, we knew who the other unicorns are around there. So, um, so yeah, she uh, she gave me a shot, um, and that's kind of where it started. And then it is a lot of. Uh, Building the trust and the relationships uh, for people. I don't think I had someone really take me under their wing and and uh, guide me around. Like I, I hear those stories and I get very jealous. But it was a lot of going to these random lunches and taking the droppings of kindness where you will and and taking it and and showing that um, you're worth the effort that they're going to put in. Uh, so like if <coughs> if they're giving you advice or they're they're putting themselves out on a limb and my business and software services there's a lot of competitors so why do you provide value so I had to show um, not only that I'm trustworthy but why what unique value we provide to them for their relationship and just that if they said something or gave me a recommendation I followed through so it wasn't just sort of wasted energy on their part
2: I mean it's it's tough because you talk about people coming out right they've been in the agency they have all the relationships and whether they're retiring, or whether they just want to, you know, we affectionately go go to the dark side and start a company. But you know, they they have a lot of inside information from you know contracts. But you know, it's tough because you know you have discriminators like 8A and HubZone, and and but when you look around, there's there's companies starting every day that have that. Yeah. And so you do have to have a quality uh, about you, and you have to. Have a great reputation, and, and people do still, even though it's a little different, they still do business with people they like.
0: And people have long memories of how you treated them. Yes. Very, Especially very in long. Small community. It's a very small community. <laughs> and i uh, thinking
1: of those people who didn't treat you so kindly before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, people have very long memories of, uh, of how you treated huh. them. So I think sometimes when people are government and then they go outside, it's like, Oh, well, you know, now you're trying to sell to the companies that you were working with or judging. And it is a very big uh, change to go to being the one with your hand out versus the one being the decider. So from my perspective, being a small um, and starting from the ground up, it's a lot of um, I feel like well, begging's the wrong word. But well, it's a lot of like just constant proving yourself until you're kind of a known entity and a known quantity because there is so much. There's like when I started, I remember I worked on a you know as when you start a lot of people start and they work as an engineer on the contract uh, as a way to get started, and you're one of like forty other one to five person companies yeah, that are I mean, all in there, and so why would they give you a shot right
2: It's like the n f l right people they're everybody's changing teams and everybody's changing jerseys and and you know you just hope that you could, could continually sort of ride that relationship, yeah. Because the person today who is maybe a director becomes a vice president, becomes a general manager. Yeah. So you got to sort of, you know, you got to be a good human being.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. We'll return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Shana Cosgrove, CEO of Nyla and Larry Leto of uh, uh, the operational partner at Enterprise Partners, uh, both Maryland-based companies, uh, Nyla in Baltimore and Enterprise Partners in Columbia primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in, in the IC, um, networking venues are um, sometimes public, sometimes not. Uh, and i've been fortunate to to have been invited to speak at a couple of the not public ones uh, and i and you know i'm a marketing guy why the hell do they want me um especially when they ask me to talk about linkedin <laughs> but that's another story so what is the importance of of that networking side of this and give me some examples of uh, of the examples you can that are good places to network
0: Uh, Well, when I started, I didn't have, uh, I didn't really, yeah, I was an engineer and I didn't know about business and I didn't really know where to start. I didn't know, I mean, I simply didn't even know where to find the acquisition strategy and where it was posted. So when someone printed it to me, I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I can't believe you gave me the acquisition strategy, which, you know, now I know is like publicly available for everybody, but in the beginning, it was getting these bits of information and kind of piecing together the puzzle of how you actually do business. Um, for the Fort Meade area, um, the AFCEA, Central Maryland, is a huge, uh, great opportunity to network. There is also the Fort Meade Alliance, which covers um, all the work that is done at the fort and is a bit more um, philanthropic in its, in its nature, but it's a good way um, to network and to... Um, uh, and I, I would say those are the two main ones. There's a couple women-focused uh, ones. So there's women in the uh, at, in FCA. There's um, some self-made ones of like women of influence, where a couple women meet who know each other. There's the secret BD lunch of the right. IAC for yep. the for the small women as well. And I found out about oh, well, that I by get invited
1: to that one
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> by taking uh, <laughs> by taking people to lunch and you know establishing that relationship. And I think. The best thing about – oh, well, actually I think one of the best ways to network too is to show up to those big industry days that the government holds with armed with your uh, cards, uh, with your business cards and really use all that free time to shake hands and meet with people that you didn't know. I think that's actually sometimes the information the government gives you is stale or <laughs> inaccurate, but the best part about that it's is networking. meeting meeting the other companies yeah. and getting a sense kind of of who you like, who's similar to you, who's your competition, uh, some inside information, some tips on how to operate. And it all comes out in different ways and, and organically. So um, sometimes networking is kind of a bust and it's not that uh, interesting. And sometimes you really get, a dropping of a hint of a tool that perhaps changes it or a new idea or an insight into something else. So I try to make sure that I'm always out there um, uh, at some level. I, I don't do everything because I don't really have the bandwidth for that, but I, I try to um, make sure our we're out there and our presence is known. And then I know in Northern uh, Virginia that there's a um, amazing women of the IC group, uh, which is has a lot of government women um, involved too,
2: uh, and um, well, I think that you know some of the private ones that you had mentioned, like the MMM lunch, right? Tony Ward, yeah. Those are those are nice uh, because I think it's a very small group, and, and they're invite and, only, and they share. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and I, I'm shocked that uh, you know. You go around the room and everybody says, you know, what I'm doing, or I might bid this. I might. Somebody says, "Hey, give me a call," or "Hey, right. we're interested." We're so a partner, there's, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of that. And the other thing people realize is a lot of people focus on Fort Meade. You know, there's there's other locations that generate uh, some good business opportunities that people need to expand. You know, you know this area is very flooded because it's it's. It's very well known, but you know, in uh, you know Georgia and Texas and other locations, uh, there's a lot of business that's happening down there, and they're growing probably at a much faster
1: pace. Yeah, yeah. So the AFCI Central Maryland, uh, there's usually what a couple of hundred people there. Yeah, everybody at at the every smaller lunches. It's invite only. Usually CEOs or operating officers of CEOs of small to mids. Um, and there's the one I spoke at was only like 40, 45 people. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, MMM is probably about that. And I think Tony Ward, they keep it to like 30 Yeah. and you know, and maybe 15, 20 show.
0: I think you just constantly kind of have to show up, <laughs> be willing to stick out your hand, uh, ask people about themselves and give a card and follow up on LinkedIn. You know, I think yeah. that there's, a. Uh, Not everything is going to be a hit or a value, but sometimes you never know where uh, things come around. For example, we're about to be a subcontractor on some DOD work, DOD IC-related work that is, um, you know, really interesting and exciting to us. And we had met the person when he was at another company, like at some – Big industry day, and oh, I remember this company, and let's have a follow up call with them because they might be a good fit for our work. And so, you know, you it's a long game. I think in general, all of this is not transaction. I think people who don't do well in this business are people who treat everything as a transaction. Uh, I think you really have to play the long game.
2: Well, uh, just, just tell you, you got to be consistent. You can't just show up once, you know, and people show up once and they go, wait, why didn't you get any business? You just. I mean, it's a commitment of being there, being exposed, and people. If they, the more they see you, the more they were willing to talk to you, and the right. more they're willing to have the conversation.
1: Yeah, but there's going to be some venues that are going to pay higher dividends no doubt. than others. So, um, and and that's one of the things that we we've talked about on the show before. <clears throat> Make sure that the the venues where you're spending your time, uh, whether it's a near term. Mid-term or long-term, make sure it's going to pay dividends, and if especially in the IC, that is not a short game. Um, so, uh, so networking done. Uh, <laughs> we we had this conversation over lunch. Yes. Um, the the uh, The recruiting side for after you win a, a contract, or even before, you've got to have those <laughs> resumes queued up. On on your on your RFP,
0: it's actually a huge uh, scoring issue whether they think you're going to be able to staff. So it's actually on almost all of the contracts now. It's a huge evaluator uh, criteria that they're looking for you how how you will actually be able to staff.
2: If you if you're waiting if you're waiting to uh, recruit after you win, you're dead.
0: Yeah, we just <laughs> put a, a proposal in um, last week, and we are kicking off our staffing calls now. Uh, we've already like and I've reached out to each person on our team and specifically talk to them about like look you've got four spots you have to fill you need to start doing the contingent offers now uh because it you know if when we win uh it's required to be 100% staffed on uh, 60 days and staffing and recruiting in the IC is especially um at at NSA is really really hard
2: well i mean you know they have the shows and there's value there uh, they have the clearance you know clearance jobs or uh, clear jobs and the websites are okay, but you know LinkedIn is powerful and yep. and you know we steal from each other in not 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 in a negative way, but you know people sometimes want job changes and and the people that are incredibly talented they literally could hold their resume out the window and get five job offers on the way home it it's crazy
0: yeah.
1: So, what about those uh, um, when when the agency hosts something where they're talking about an opportunity, and you get to sit down with contractors and pitch? Um, it, are, can you recruit at those too?
2: It's the speed date? No, I don't, not I don't. No, that, no speed dating. I don't think so.
0: No, those are really for one-on-ones with the with the government. No, you just really recruit by. I mean, well, the common thing is we're having a happy hour or yeah. we're going to go watch the latest uh, Star Wars movie. Come yeah. join us. Uh, so that's one method companies use to recruit. Uh, well, I have f- my own secret sauce. Uh, <laughs>
2: come on, just tell us all. <laughs> well,
0: we're yeah. we're going to
2: get yeah. in there. Yeah. Next, so yeah, but I think we'll, the other thing is we're also. Uh, we're competing against the Ford, you know. We're competing oh, yeah. against the agency, and they're hiring.
1: They hire from you,
2: and they and they, hire, they yeah. steal from us. Yeah. They literally we,
0: took one of my employees and right. flipped her in place. Right. Literally, she walked in the same job.
2: Right? They don't care.
0: That's all right. We t- a lot of uh, government employees are leaving. Yeah. So, but, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's our it's, best. That's uh, it, one of our best hires. Is yeah. all the government employees are leaving. It's always tough.
2: It's always tough.
1: Well, when when we come back, we're going to talk about that recruiting. Side of things because it's it's really um, well. We'll talk more about it, but the you know how how do you get people wed to your company? So when we come back, we'll talk about that. You are listening to AmTower Off Center on Federal News Network. Uh, uh, Shayna Nyla dot com, N Y L A dot com.
0: It's Nyla dot
1: io Larry Enterprise Partners.
2: Well, you can do enterprisepartners.com dot com or Meridian dot com. Okay. M-Y-R-I-D-D-I-N. And, and
1: you can find them both on LinkedIn. Uh, we shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Shana Cosgrove of NYLA and Larry Leto of Enterprise Partners and Meridian. Um, we we were talking about recruiting in, in the last segment. And, you know, part of the, the recruitment process, and this is something I hear not just in the IC, but heavily in the IC, but across the government market, Uh, you know, employee compensation and benefits packages. Uh, The compensation is always important, but I don't think it's as important as that total package anymore. Is that accurate?
0: Well, uh, I heard in the break, Larry said that the people are really looking at the benefits, um, we found that healthcare and 401K are really critical, but sometimes we're competing against a company. I was uh, talking to our CXO this morning where it feels like we're competing against Spirit Airlines. Like we're Southwest uh, because sometimes people really throw out a, a very high number and it's missing everything else. But people get so enraptured by this extremely high number that isn't actually reflective of um, – what the company does or all the costs that they are going to pay. So it looks great on that one piece of paper and then in reality um, stinks. But we have found for recruiting that being able to describe the job and understand the job in really great detail for people is the absolute most critical thing. So people do want more money and they do want to leave for that. But first and foremost, they really care about the work. Second, I would say, is compensation and benefits. And third is the company. Um, And typically, the people who go to small companies are looking for higher pay in general and a much more personalized experience. So when you work for a small company, you are largely feeling known, right? You shouldn't feel like a cog in the wheel or someone who nobody has any idea of, that you're going to a small company for a highly personalized experience. experience, both be that benefits, execution of kind of everything where it's highly um, focused on you. Uh, and uh, so that's what we re- really try to sell. So we have a very a real focus on describing the jobs and really understanding the jobs in great detail so that we can um, tell a software engineer this is why this is really valuable to you, and this is where you're going to grow, and this is where this project's going. Versus just being like, "All right, that's good. Here's your number. Uh, yeah, we have some good healthcare benefits." Um, but uh, putting that all together, and and the look and feel of all of it, and how you come across, and the wording, we have we actually did a. User experience analysis of what what was it like to be a, a candidate of Nyla, and we did it about a year ago, and and it paid off. And now we're doing it again, uh, round two, with our our wording that goes out, exactly how we answer the phone, how we do the follow up, how we do the touch, you know, adjusting our benefits package every year um, and our messaging of it.
1: You also won a uh, uh, best places to work in Baltimore, didn't you?
0: Ah, uh, yes, we did. Yeah. Um, and- yeah
1: well and and considering your ad budget you probably didn't buy that
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's actually um the employees have to vote uh on it so yeah so they have to feel that they're satisfied
2: well and one of the things that you know i always try to figure out is as much as i love all these people that you hire to stay with you forever it doesn't always happen Mm -hmm. that they they have they they want to run their own companies or they want to grow and we both probably spend a lot of money on our employees and training them and making them better. And, you know, my feeling is, is, is during the time that they're with me, whether that's, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, if I get them to a better place, then I've done my job. Yeah. And, and I think that's really what, what I try to have that conversation with them. I'll get you where you want to go. Let me know where that is. It might be a position. It might be an expertise. It, you don't know, but if you don't right. constantly sort of have your finger on the pulse there, then you tend to lose them. And that's why they come to small businesses. They want that
1: experience. So is, are there a lot of uh, ESOPs in the IC community or not?
2: No, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ESOPs. I think the the ESOP models start your own company. Uh, Most people, and then you, then you, you know, the, the, the problem is the contracts necessarily, the contracts don't allow for subs to subs. Which is a problem, you know, and if you go in the uh, – if you sort of leave the IC world and your employee starts a company, yeah, I'll put you as a sub for me and nobody will know the difference and life goes on. It doesn't work that way. So you you, you know, you want them to succeed and you want them to uh, – and you help them grow. I, I have one company that I know that, you know, as their employers – employees start a company, they take a percentage of it. So they can – there's some, you know – Reason, oh, really to them, right. yeah. reason to help them, right, reason yeah. to help them.
0: Well, at, at NYLA, we <laughs> actually um, assume or encourage entrepreneurial spirit uh, very heavily by uh, bonusing in such a way that that they continue to earn off of the work that they have brought into the company uh, so that they don't – if they don't want to, they don't have to go through the pain of starting a company um, because I think a lot of people start – it's kind of easy to get the paperwork and easy to get the one-shot and then it's really hard to grow. Uh, so, that Pipeline get it, issue. Uh, and just the stamina, right? Like it's hard mm. to keep at it. It's hard to go out there. It's hard to work on contract and then go network. And you're not really a networker. You know, like you're not social. You were right. an engineer. And so um, for us, we're trying to, yeah, not only encourage them and, and make them feel that while they're with Nyla that they were um, – that we put a lot of value into them but that they that they can really grow within the company and that includes financially. So that if they have grown us by 10 percent, they are seeing that reflected in their paycheck.
2: And that's the one point which is, you know, kudos to her for success because you can't – when you're a one-person company, as everybody starts out, usually you're billing – and then you're trying to figure out how you do BD when you need to bill 8 to 10 hours to support your company. Right. And then to be able to you grow from that, you know, kudos.
0: And be pregnant and give birth, too. Yeah. I, 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 I skipped I, that part. Did you, I, did you do that part? I, I, I
1: haven't done that yeah, okay. part, but I, yeah. but I have been a solopreneur for thirty five years. <laughs> so I understand that pipeline issue and the putting in the extra hours. Um, you know, if but it, it, it helps to like what you do. And I think that's that's part of, you know, the attraction to the IC. Engineers don't go there unless they like the mission. Right. Because there's so much other work that you can do. And in the private sector, you may make a little more or a lot more money. But if if you're mission-driven...
0: Right. But I the- mean, like a lot of data science uh, in the commercial world is improving advertising or improving uh, credit card scores or who gets you know, different lines of credit. So for me personally, the few times I worked commercial, it didn't really make me want to get out of bed and uh, feel like I'm the good guy. And here I feel like even sometimes if it's a slog or if it's hard or it's slow, it's working on the right thing.
2: Yeah, but though I, so I, I I hear you and I agree with you, but, you know, I think for the first time, our competition on the commercial side with Amazon and Google – we're losing people, you know, in just general. You see a lot of people moving out of D.C. and moving into Bethesda in this area to get away from Amazon. Right. Because of the recruiting. Yeah. So it's tough.
1: But, it, but you know, I, I think there's going to be a, a backlash there. So if you get attracted by one of the larger companies after a year or so of being that cog uh, and not having that individual recognition, I think there might be a migration back. hope so. Uh, Maybe. But, you know. I've seen stranger things. Um so um we're we're gonna start on this topic, but we don't have enough time to finish it. Um a big part of of what I heard when I went to Maryland marketing meetings and certainly when I, I spoke at, at Tony Ward's uh lunch is this concept of of teaming to win business. And I mean, right there during the lunch, you know, I'm gonna go after this and I'm looking for a Partner that does boom, right? You know they're laying it right out there, uh, and that's the kind of trust that these people have with one another. But but what? Walk me through the mechanics of this, Larry. Start.
2: Well, I think you know you have to look look at these big primes and the people you're doing business with, and look at their reputation. Are they good to subs? You know, no and, prime is good to subs. Yeah. Well, you know you have terms and conditions. You have uh, you know are you going to get work share? Or is it what's the best? What's the best athlete process? You know the the reputation. What's the rates? Because you know, is immediately when you're a sub, you have a disadvantage on rates, right? The prime can outbid you, and so yeah, you, you know, you don't want to take a position. I mean, I don't think either one of us would have a problem getting on teams. I think the problem is finding the right teams where you get either something out of it. You can't just say. I'll do best athlete all the time because everybody's looking for the same person. You got to specialize and say this is what I do well at, and I can get these people because my company is known for that. And
0: large businesses that don't treat smalls well have to live with those reputation and those choices as well, um, so that they like they see a lot of attrition from their own contracts, and then they have to uh, address that. Um, So you'll see that sometimes where like all of a sudden the the prime is being a lot nicer now (laughs) because without some of the – so I think in the IC too, you see that the subs um, often have the key people or the key talent that the uh, government likes. So that they – the prime – it's this uh, symbiotic relationship where, you know, yeah, they're the prime but they also really need you, you need them to get – kind of get that shot as well.
2: Um, if you if you treated a prime the way they treat you, they tell you to go pound sand. <laughs> so it is funny, you know. You'll like you'll be a sub, and they'll they'll say these are the rates, and these are the, and you're gonna live with them. And if not, screw you. Or you and then when you say hey, here's the rates, they're like ah oh, no, these aren't the rates.
0: Well, I. <laughs> You know, from my perspective, I viewed it as like, hey, I'm getting a shot, right? Like I am at the bottom of the totem pole. And actually, one of the very best ways to get started is to take the crap rates and to jump through all the hoops that they put you through. Uh, So that's actually one of the easiest ways to even get your facilities clearance is you go on the contract that nobody wants to be on because it was bid with crappy rates and you take a crap job. And you like show that you will commit to that prime and, and do good work for that prime and, and grow from there. But that's what you do when you're starting out and you have no leverage and you have no power and you want a shot, right? You typically right. take, take it lower and then eventually it's not always going to be that way. But that's how, you know, you get your foot in the door and you, you're really nice to the staffing manager and you call the staffing manager and you call in and you respond. Because they have all the they have a lot of the power.
2: Yeah, and I think candidate protection protection is important. Because you you know, there might be ten people submitting uh the same candidate sometimes unknowing. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you want to know that if you're the first one in in that situation, you're protected. Yeah. Okay. Part of that is the reputation.
1: Okay. We're gonna take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. We shall return right after this. Welcome back to Am Tower Off Center on Federal News Network. Uh, I'm here today with uh, two people who play in the intelligence community, Shana Cosgrove of Nyla and Larry Litow of Enterprise Partners and Meridian. And I want to talk about this, this uh, uh, elephant in the room, really, uh, the clearance process. Um, it's, you know, every time I went to any IC meeting, that was always like the biggest sticking point. For new companies, for key players, um, has it gotten any better? And and what is the uh, what's the snafu here? Well,
2: I think I, the, the interesting thing is that years ago, the commercial end of it could sort of start the process and fund it. They don't; that's not allowed anymore. So the government sort of controls that, and a lot of contracts don't have the funding to add or to clear new people, which creates a thing of everybody sort of stealing from each other per se. And and the problem is, it, and then the process is is long. I mean, even if you get somebody or you try to get somebody cleared, it could be nine to, you know, 18 months. So is that person going to hang around? And if you put them in and you, you know, the, the funny story is you, you, you finally get a slot where you can maybe clear somebody. And and so you have control and you Give that person this much, a contingency offer for this much salary, but 18 months later they're making this much. And then you got to renegotiate that, right? Or they don't want it at that point. They're like, screw it,
0: I like my unclass job. I'm not coming over here. I mean, the agency has experienced that where now they're creating a whole bunch of unclass work versus sending people off with a, you know, putting them in the pipeline as well.
2: And Um, you can't even move from one IC to another easily anymore.
0: Oh, that's a huge, that's a massive problem. Yeah, I was very lucky being able to come from the NRO with the CI uh, and then being upgraded. And that is uh, almost a no-go anymore, which is, uh, I don't know, I think we're reaching almost a crisis point. But um, I do know at NSA, they have a PISA program where they will clear, um, if, if a government person finds you worthy, they write a paragraph and they'll, Put you and your executive team through getting a clearance.
2: CI Poly though.
0: Yeah. Right. Which doesn't, but still doesn't give you. you you, It doesn't give you a facilities clearance. You Mm. still have to get a company to get you your facilities clearance. So, one of the biggest barriers. um, Companies I see like so, there's a lot of engineers. They want to start a business. Uh, Okay, they already have the clearance. They already have the insight. They already might know stuff and they might provide value, but still, no one wants to give them a facilities clearance. Um. Yeah. And it's really hard to get someone cleared. So I wrote a large portion of a technical volume for a winning proposal, a large <coughs> proposal that's over 100 people. And five years have gone by and I've never been able to clear one person as a as a thank you. Like, you know, every every month I was like, can I clear somebody? Can I please clear somebody? Oh, no. Well,
2: one of the benefits of uh, NSAIDs used to be that you got to clear people under it, oh, that's then they, gone.
0: Yeah. Well, they let like two people out. Like right. they, they had like ten for, for twenty companies. It was it was like a land grab. Right. Um, but so yeah, now if I tell, I even tell my interns, if you want a clearance, you should apply to the government because the government is doing its biggest hiring spree ever right guard. now. Yeah.
1: Get your clearance and quit. Come to work for me. Yeah. So.
0: Um.
2: Yeah, it's it, it, it like you said. It's it's a it's a it's a chicken and egg theory, and nobody can figure out what to do first.
1: Okay, I want to move on to a a final topic that uh, has has a lot of prominence in the non-IC community and government, and that's the uh, the merger and acquisition and the influence of private equity. Um, so I see this, you know, I get Potomac Tech Wire, and every day there's like two deals. <laughs> uh listed and these are the the public ones, right? So there's always plenty more. Uh and I do a show every year with Kevin DeSanto of Kipps DeSanto on the biggest deals of the you know previous year uh, and he'll be in within the next couple of weeks. But I I don't I haven't seen, and maybe it's a nature of the beast, I haven't seen that kind of activity as much in the I C. Is is that accurate?
2: Well I think you know, being in that world, it's starting to become more prevalent. I mean, we're seeing – I mean, my conversations regularly
1: – what you're doing now. Right.
2: So yeah. we're probably having, week, you know, weekly meetings with companies that are looking for growth capital. I mean, most of it's not for taking money, even though maybe there's – I think the conversation starts and maybe trying to take some money off the table. But most of the time when P firms do invest, they're not looking to allow you to do that. They want you to grow. Right. And you just have to find one that – is patient enough to help you through the process. And so it, it, it's clear you're right. It's clearly uh, crazy outside of the IC world, but more and more we're seeing it on the inside.
0: I feel, I feel like from my perspective, um, I don't know a lot of companies that try to go past the small business size. So it's the, it really seems to me that, uh, in fact, I when I met um, Guy Timberlake and learned more about other IC areas and other DOD areas, It blew my mind to think, oh, I could grow past small business size because all I really knew is you get to small business, you graduate and you sell because that's all I really saw um, as a frequent habit. And so I was learning about, oh, there's a lot of companies actually I could acquire, uh, acquire and make myself bigger or um, – I don't know, I'm still obsessed with organic growth cuz I uh started with nothing and I'm uh, going to take nothing and... And, and it's tough for it's <laughs> it's,
2: it's l- l- honestly it's really tough there there is a a mental process that people, you know, when you they got to be willing to really commit to growth and understand that right. you might own less of a a a piece of the pie but your pie's bigger.
0: And so, you know, And they have to change a lot, right? Like you I mean as i've experienced my own business my personal evolution and my leadership evolution has changed a lot too and so growing um you know i just worked on a proposal for example where i didn't get a chance to write a whole bunch of the proposal you know and i'm used to being the person who does the work because i'm the best at doing the work and right. it's a weird change to that and so it's the same of going from 150 people to 300 people you don't know everybody you're Uh, Even more like pie in the sky strategic with more soldiers out there like running a a mission and it's a pretty big change. Plus people are tired I think. So by the time they get to large, they're like, I don't even want to like have to do anything with this anymore.
2: It's tough because when you do go through organic growth, you do get to a stage and most – and that's where we sort of come in. People have done a tremendous uh, job of growing but then they need – cash to get to the next level quickly. Right. Because if you don't it is that mentality you either have to sell real quick or you or you you suffer. Yeah. And that's the process.
1: And and your role in in the PE side Larry, um you also kibbit so you go in and offer advice once they get the money.
2: Yeah, and we're very heavily involved in growth. We want them to succeed. So we uh we Worse. have a, we have a large network. <laughs> we have a large network. We we try to bring business to them we introduce them to some of our other companies in our portfolio and, and see if we can get some uh, combinations going.
1: Cool. All right. We're going to uh, wrap up in a minute or two. So uh, uh, let's go for some last thoughts. Uh, Shana, any advice you want to give uh, uh, companies thinking about coming into play in the IC? Uh,
0: I think they should keep trying and understand it's a long game. It's a, hard to get inside and then once you're in i think you're in but it's uh seems a bit of a wall but they can do it um and just keep you know sticking their hand out and being consistent and 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 provide value right really not can you help me but how can i help you
1: okay
2: my yeah. advice is the opposite don't do it
0: <laughs> 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 i was you know, trying to be cheery yeah.
2: i'm trying to give you more uh more room for organic growth i know yeah, just it's 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 it's
0: it's a long someone, time. Yeah, it's a long time. I was like, you're never going to be able to staff. Like, even right. if I put you on the contract, you're never going to be able to staff because you're yeah. not in that world. Right. It's and a, it's brutal. It's, it's and then when you do staff, investment. you're not going to make any money either. Yeah. So uh, you have to, like, you have to be in it and want it. It's a it's a pretty high wall.
2: Long game. Long game.
1: Long game is, last word, uh, Shana Cosgrove, Nyla, uh, Larry Litow. Enterprise Partners, and Meridian, thank you both for coming in. This is not my day job. I advise companies, not often in the IC, on all aspects of marketing to the government, but particularly social selling, integrating uh, LinkedIn content marketing, building that SME platform, and developing a, a network around who you want to influence and sell to in the government market. That would include both feds contractors, and oddly enough, that, that PE network out there. So if any of that resonates, drop me a line, markamtower at com, And thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center.